welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode 128 of Wellness Your Way. If your gut is not quite right, or if you're feeling a little stressed out, or likely both, today's episode is going to be full of some eye-opening insights for you, and I'm really excited to share them with you. You know, I'm actually on vacation this week, so I am recording this early for you all because I cannot leave you hanging for a week, but vacation is one of many things that I use to uh, reduce my stress, and it's been several months since I've been on vacation, so I'm very excited to get away and disconnect and uh, really just focus on enjoying minute to minute and not so much of the doing, doing, doing that we all get stuck in in our daily lives. And that act of slowing down is a lot of what I'm going to talk about today because I'm going to explore the connection, the scientific connection between our gut health and the way our body perceives stress. And then I'm going to give you four scientifically proven things that we can do about the way our body perceives stress in order to support our gut health. This stuff sometimes feels a little bit on the fringe, but it is absolutely grounded in science. It is proven by real research, and I've seen it not only in my own life, but in so many of the clients that I work with on gut health. This stuff really does work. So I'm going to also give you a tool that I use in addition to the four to uh, help me manage my own stress. And we're going to have a lot of fun today. Let's go ahead and dive in. In Megan Recommends today, I would like to recommend the Muse headband. This is a headband that I have been using since 2016, according to my Amazon purchase history, in order to help me meditate. Because I was one of those people who said I was bad at meditating, I couldn't meditate, I didn't even want to try it because I felt like it wasn't working for me or I didn't know how to do it. I needed some feedback and no one else is on the inside of my head, so no one else could tell me if what I was experiencing was uh, productive or not productive. And the Muse headband really helped me uh, understand the different things that I was feeling and how they were impacting my brain. 
So what does this headband do? It actually measures your brain waves while you are meditating and gives you biofeedback. So the birds will chirp audibly if you are in a calm and relaxed state, if your brain waves have shifted such that your brain is more calm. And then depending on the setting you use, you can have waves crashing or thunderstorms or whatever as a means to tell you that your brain is a little bit more active and a reminder to refocus on the breath or to try to calm your brain down a little bit. And this is really helpful to me. Muse also has some guided meditations, not some, it has over 500 guided meditations. And there are so many options available for guided meditations. I like many of them. I've mentioned Headspace and Calm and Insight Timer and many more. So if you're already using one, that's great. But if you are looking for one to use, the Muse meditations are my favorites and the ones that I use daily. In fact, I'm checking my app right now. I am on day 1,190 of my meditation streak with Muse because I can use it, and I would say 90% of the day, 95 maybe percent of the days, I use it with my actual headband at home to measure the biofeedback, but I still use the Muse app even if I don't have the headband handy, if I'm on vacation like right now or something like that, I still use the guided meditations through the app. So having that uh, streak going for me has been very motivating. I love seeing the days stack up. And honestly, when I first started the streak, it was like a bit of effort to do it consistently. And now it just is second nature. It's like brushing my teeth. Of course, I'm going to meditate every day. Of course, I want to slow my brain down and focus on me. And for me, honestly, many days, most days, it's five minutes or seven minutes or something like that. I am not one to do two hours of meditation a day. Although again, if you do that, that is so wonderful. Uh, but for me, that is not something I've worked into my daily schedule. It's just a few minutes here and there. And I love the Muse headband. The Muse headband is not cheap. It's about $250, although it was less expensive back in the day when I bought it. I'm going to link that in the show notes if you're interested. And I'm also going to link the subscription to the guided meditations in case you want to take part in those without even buying the headbands. And the, sub, the premium subscription to that is $50 a year. And again, if neither of those are accessible for you, that's okay. There are so many free options. If you go to YouTube and type in free guided meditation or anything like that, uh, any, I'm sure there are meditations on TikTok. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok, but I'm sure I am confident that you can get free guided meditations almost anywhere. The important thing is not how you're doing it. The important thing is just finding a way to calm your brain down and that's a bit about what we're going to talk about in the Veggies of the Matter. So let's jump over to that segment. All right, friends, we have a huge topic to cover for the Veggies of the Matter today. It's all about the connection between stress and gut health and then what we can do about it. So first of all, what even is gut health? It's something we, we've talked about several times here on the Wellness Your Way podcast, and it's an increasingly popular topic, but it's pretty undefined. 
Does gut health mean having the right balance of gut bacteria? Does it mean having the right enzyme and digestive secretions to make sure you're absorbing and digesting your food? Does it mean having good bowel movements? Does it mean producing enough serotonin, that happy hormone that's found in higher concentrations in the gut than the brain? Honestly, I think it means all of those. And it means so much more than that too, because gut health is connected to all health. Every single week in the scientific literature, we're finding out more and more about how gut health impacts chronic disease risk, mood and brain health and obesity and immunity and so much more. And unfortunately, our guts collectively as a society are not that healthy. Research shows that 25 to 80 million Americans have at least one functional gastrointestinal disorder today. And they're really on the rise. I see them very commonly in my practice. So how do you know if this is you? My clients are really um, excited to have one gut health test that just tells everything. And honestly, I am super excited for that too. The day that we have one accurate test that tells us all the foods that are right for us individually from all angles... Oh gosh, I will absolutely use that, but we are just not there yet. I run food food sensitivity tests out of my practice because that's what people want. But even the best tests out there, which of course are the ones that I offer to my clients, they're not fully diagnostic because food can impact us via so many different mechanisms. And sensitivity tests are generally testing IgG, IgA, IgG4, CD3, some various mechanisms of intolerance and sensitivity, but they're not testing every single way by which food can impact us. So it's helpful, but it's certainly not everything. And similarly, I love the stool test that I run for some of my clients. I just love it. It tells so many um, strains of gut bacteria, over 80 strains of gut bacteria. It tells us which pathogens we have in there, tells us our digestive enzyme capacity and all of that kind of stuff. But this is an expensive test, to be honest. And still, it doesn't tell us the full picture of everything going on with our gut. So testing is great. And if you do want tests, you're welcome to um, contact me about becoming a client. But Testing is not everything because we're just not there. So if we know that stress and gut health are very connected, or we know that gut health at least is connected to other health, and we know that we can't have one perfect test to tell us how healthy our gut is just on a one to 10 scale or something like that, how can we improve our gut health? There are a ton of food-related tactics, obviously. The gut is in direct contact with our food, so that is very important, but that really depends on the individual. So every one-to-one client that I work with on gut health, the solution looks somewhat different for each one of them, and they're far beyond the scope of today's podcast. So what I'm going to do today is tackle one way that everyone can improve gut health, and this is by helping the body cope with stress. Stress and gut health are intimately connected, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the science of why. So get on your thinking cap, 
This is important, and I think it's going to help you understand the tactics and the techniques we'll talk about after. So the gut and the brain are in constant communication. They're talking to each other all the time via these little neurotransmitters that are traveling through the central nervous system, like the brain, the endocrine system, which controls all of our hormones, and the enteric nervous system, which is the gut. These neurotransmitters connect to and talk to all of those systems. And the gut bacteria, those little friendly gut guys, gut gut uh, bacteria that are residing in our body at all times, they are in control of this communication with the brain. So the health of our gut microbiome and the balance of bacteria that we have in there that are controlling the communication, this impacts our mental health so strongly. And let me tell you that you already knew this, because if you've ever heard any of these phrases, gut feelings, or I have a knot in my stomach, or butterflies in my stomach, or that was gut wrenching, or just go with your gut, these are all phrases that have become colloquial. They've come, they've become common sayings. Because the feelings that we get in our gut are so powerful. We intuitively know that our gut and our brain are very connected. So physically, how this happens is something called the vagus nerve, which we've talked about here on the podcast before. The vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve in the body, and it physically connects an actual physical connection between the gut and the brain. It's the main contributor to the parasympathetic state, which is what we call the rest and digest state. And this state governs a lot of autonomic, or you can think of it like automatic processes, like um, having your blood vessels dilate or secreting saliva or moving your bowels or secretions from your glands. All of these kinds of things are controlled when we're in a parasympathetic state. But stress, on the other hand, activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. This is kind of the opposite. And this prepares you to run from danger and it shuts down GI function really quickly. This being in this state for too long can negatively alter the gut microbiome, which are all those friendly guys that are living in your digestive tract that control the communication between the gut and the brain. And if we have acute stress, like very short stress, someone cuts you off in traffic or you have a bad day or something like that, the body can return to the parasympathetic state quickly. But with chronic stress, this balance can become disrupted. So again, how can we help our bodies cope with stress so that stress doesn't impact our gut health? When clients come to me with gut issues, sometimes we'll do testing, like I mentioned, sometimes we'll do food-related experiments, but almost always I start by building in some stress management practices. And I can almost hear their eye rolls, even if they're trying to mask their facial symptoms from me. I know that they are thinking, oh, I'm not here to manage stress. I'm here because I'm bloated or because I'm constipated or whatever. And I'm very much not ignoring them. But here's the thing. Research shows that stress management practices, like some of the therapies I'll review uh, in the next segment or in this segment, just later in this segment, they have even more of an impact on gut health than medications or many other interventions in many cases. 
This stuff is so powerful and it does matter. It's not just fluff. So I recently did a project for my doctorate of clinical nutrition that investigated some of the scientifically proven benefits of mind-body therapies and gut health. And I'm going to save some of the more complicated ones for another day. But today I'm going to go through four proven therapies that almost anyone can practice at home. And I'm going to tell you about how the research shows they're connected to better gut health, which leads to better mood, brain health, overall health, and all of that good stuff. The first one that we'll cover is relaxation therapies like breathing exercises. And there was a meta-analysis, which is a big study of studies. So like combining all the studies together, it showed that GI symptoms, especially abdominal pain and abdominal distension, which is bloating, was reduced significantly after eight to 12 weeks of practice of breathing exercises. And even when participants said, oh, I don't think my anxiety is any better. And they said, oh, my quality of life isn't better. Their actual symptoms, both measured in their biomarkers and how they rated their symptoms, like how bloated they felt, how much abdominal pain they felt, their symptoms were decreased. So they might not have felt like the breathing exercises were reducing their stress, but by teaching their body to cope with stress, their GI symptoms actually decreased. And we've talked here on the podcast about my four favorite breathing exercises. I will link in the show notes to the blog post that describes those four favorite breathing exercises. And we've recently gone over them in a recent podcast. So you could also scroll back on your podcast player to find that. So that's number one. Number two is meditation. There were researchers who did a large review on meditation and GI health or gastrointestinal health, and they showed that in the absence of stress, a healthy microbiome, healthy gut bacteria produces these short chain fatty acids that can reduce inflammation. They can do all kinds of magical things, including having anti-tumor impacts, but stress negatively alters that microbiome and it contributes to poor gut function. And what their research showed was that meditation can help alter this stress response, which can suppress chronic inflammation and maintain healthy gut function. There was another study of women with irritable bowel irritable bowel syndrome or IBS and they were giving given mindfulness and meditation training and then they were instructed on how to do an at-home practice for 6 weeks and their IBS symptoms and quality of life were significantly improved without any changes to medication or food just by doing this meditation at home. And then finally, a review of studies on mindfulness and GI health showed that mindfulness practices like meditation reduced that sympathetic nervous system overdrive, that's the fight or flight, and helped create positive brain changes that improved gut health changes. So this stuff has a measurable physical impact. And what I'll do is linked to both the blog post, the blog post, by the way, for this week, that's going to be linked in the show notes 
It has links to all these studies that I'm mentioning. It has links to lots of techniques. So here where I talk about meditation, I'm going to link to various benefits of meditation, various ways that you can practice meditation at home. Of course, earlier in the show, we talked about the Muse headband. That's just one of them, but there are many free ways you can practice meditation as well. So if any of these therapies are interesting to you, go down, scroll down to the show notes where uh, you will see the link to this week's blog post. Click there and you'll just get a wealth of free resources right there. So let's move on to number three, which is yoga and gut health. Yoga helps increase the mind-body connection by stimulating that vagus nerve, that one that we talked about, which connects the gut and the brain. And there was a study that compared two yoga sessions per week. They were each 75 minutes, so that's pretty long, but still just two yoga sessions per week for 12 weeks versus the low FODMAP diet. This is a very restrictive, but very commonly used diet to alleviate gut symptoms. So these people are making major changes to their food. One group did the yoga twice a week. One group did the low FODMAP diet and their gut symptom improvement was equal, was actually equivalent And the yoga group had better improvements in perceived body awareness, mind-body connection, and anxiety. So I'm not saying don't change your food. Do change your food if that is helping you. But imagine if they had a third group of the study who did both. Both the yoga and the food changes could have been mind-blowingly impactful. Another study showed even more profound impacts than that of practicing yoga, which included lessened overall GI symptoms decreased bowel frequency and symptoms for those people who had diarrhea, so having diarrhea less, (laughs) decreased IBS severity, decreased anxiety, increased feelings of general well-being, improved quality of life, and increased physical functioning. And then a final study, which I like because it was done on kids, and I think kids doing yoga are so cute. They investigated children with abdominal pain, and they compared yoga therapy to standard medical care, including medications. And after 12 months, a long time, but after a year, the children in the yoga group improved their abdominal pain and reduced school absences more than those who received the standard medical care. That is amazing. So there are several free resources for yoga. I love Yoga with Adrian on YouTube or doyogawithme.com, which is a great website with a lot of free yoga classes for anyone. You can, of course, find a class in your area. You can just breathe and stretch on your own. This can be accessible depending on your or no matter what your physical ability, it's possible to do yoga. So the final intervention we'll talk about today is time in nature. And again, I'm using a children's study first because children in nature are almost as cute as children doing yoga. And this study was called the play and grow study. And this encouraged preschool children to interact with nature. So one group of the study, they played outside and the other group, they played the same amount of time just inside. And those people, those children who spent time in nature had significant measurable changes in their microbiome. They had moderated diversity of actinobacteria and formicutes, which are um, not the ones that we want in abundance. They had decreased alpha diversity of bacteria DDs, increased alpha diversity of proteobacteria. Basically, you, all you have to know is all these changes are consistent with a healthy microbiome 
and the perceived stress of the children also decreased. There was an adult study as well, less cute, but they at least had these adults touching soil with their hands. So they were gardening or they were moving soil or they were doing whatever for two weeks. And both the skin microbiome and the gut microbiome had meaningful, measurable changes in a positive way just by touching soil a couple times a week for two weeks. This stuff is so simple. The simplest way to get these benefits is just to get outside. Aim for at least 10 minutes a day of getting outside in whatever form of nature is available to you. There's a huge benefit, of course, from being in a forest or near water or on top of a mountain or something like that. But if that's not accessible to you on a daily basis, even being outside in the middle of New York City or whatever area you live in, it is still healing. Ask some colleagues or friends if you're having a meeting, if you can do it while walking, either virtually. I do a lot of meetings virtually. Both people are walking. We might be in different parts of the country, but we're walking outside and that has incredible benefits for both of us. And even just taking that five to 10 minute walk after meals has double benefit. We've talked about its benefits for your blood sugar, of course, but really great for your gut health as well. So now we know that stress is so connected to gut health and that you can have a profound impact on your body's ability to handle stress and thus on your gut health and thus on your overall health with these four mind-body therapies. The body is really so amazing and resilient. And so I hope this podcast episode has inspired you that you can improve your health with these simple practices. All right, friends, thank you for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way and being with me, even as I am on vacation, probably doing all of these things, breathing exercises and meditation and yoga and spending a whole lot of time in nature, that is for sure. My call to action for you is not necessarily to go on vacation, although if you want to do that, I highly recommend it. But my call to action for you is think of just one of those four. Is it a breathing exercise, meditation, yoga, or time in nature? And schedule time, at least five minutes, in the next two days. In the next two days, at least five minutes for you to engage in one of these four therapies. I would love to hear which one you do and the benefits that you experience from it. I thank you again for listening to Wellness Your Way, and I can't wait to be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.